Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, June 6, 2021, and it's taken from early on in the book of Genesis, which recounts one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. Let's start off with a reading from Genesis chapter 3. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may only your truth be spoken, and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hello there. When my brother and I were young boys, we always looked forward to summer thunderstorms. It was those thunderstorms that would, occasionally, bring power outages. And it was those power outages that turned our bungalow into a hide-and-seek emporium. I fondly remember my brother and I scattering to claim our favorite hiding spot, under the bed, behind the couch, but very rarely in the basement. We could barely contain the giggling as we heard our dad finish counting. Once the last person was found, the game often devolved into a tickle match until it was time to hide again. This is not the kind of hide-and-seek that we read about today in Genesis. Today's story is more reminiscent of the kind of hiding that we would do when an expensive toy or prized possession was lost or broken. As children, we did our best to hide the evidence and then play as though nothing had happened at all. The impulse to hide, particularly that of which we are ashamed, is as old as time itself. As its name implies, Genesis is a book of beginnings. It opens by attributing the creation of all that exists to God. This first book of scripture also offers a Genesis account of humanity and much of the human condition. We are told that humanity, both male and female, were made in the very image of God. Together, both genders offer us a reflection of who God is, much as a mirror might offer us a reflection of who we are as people. However, the divine reflection borne by humanity warps 
whenever humanity disobeys God's directive. This is where we pick up the story today. Adam and Eve know that they have disobeyed God's directive. They feel shame and try to hide from God, and that's when it happened. They heard God walking in the cool of the evening, seeking them out. Despite the break in the relationship, despite the disobedience, God sought humanity out, calling out to them. God did not leave them to their own devices. In the dialogue that ensues, the first thing that God noticed was that they had covered themselves with clothes made of leaves. This is not simply about modesty. It's one more layer of hiding. Hiding amongst the trees, the man and woman feel vulnerable and further try to camouflage themselves with foliage. Taken literally, clothing oneself in leaves is an exercise in futility. Metaphorically, it's one more barrier in what had been an unencumbered relationship with the Creator. Notice how the story continues to unfold. Much like a parent who knows exactly what has transpired, God asks Adam and Eve for their account of what happened. God is giving them an opportunity to own up to their decisions. They can either admit their guilt or they can double down and make another bad decision. They respond with the ever-familiar blame game. The man blames God for creating the woman, then blames the woman for giving him the apple. Similarly, the woman blames the serpent for tricking her, and by extension blames God for making the serpent and for allowing the serpent to trick her. The story continues describing the consequences of Adam and Eve's disobedience. In what follows, we see humanity continuing down the path of brokenness that they chose. They will leave paradise, and the sweat of their brow will water the ground that they toil. They will trade an idyllic life for one in which they live cheek and jowl with thorn and thistle. As always, it's important to ask what this text offers us today. On one level, a reader could simply take this narrative at face value as a historical part of the creation story. But there's more to this story than simply debating whether or not it forms a literal account of the creation story. Simply reading this story as a literal historical account risks stripping it of much of its meaning and modern personal application. Although millennia have passed, we are not too far removed from the decisions that Adam and Eve made that day. The Apostle Paul wrote, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. The familiar words of our own Anglican liturgy put it this way, most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. All of these affirm what we already know and often experience. Although we are made in the image of God, we are also broken people living in a fractured world. While brokenness is an indisputable part of the human story, it is not the whole story. Today we are invited to shift our focus and consider the whole story. 
When reading this story, there is a temptation to place the emphasis on humanity's disobedience and brokenness. But imagine for a moment that instead of placing the emphasis on the human action, we place it on God's response to Adam and Eve. With a subtle shift in weight, this is no longer a tragic story dominated by flawed individuals. This slight change in perspective allows us to see God as the hero, seeking out vulnerable people as they shrank into the lengthening shadows of night. God does not abandon us despite our failure and weakness. All this talk of God walking in the cool of the evening breeze might sound familiar to the attentive ear. John's Gospel opens by describing the genesis of the Jesus story in a very similar way. In the person of Jesus Christ, God moved into the neighborhood and sought us out again. The good news is that God continues to walk in our midst, calling us by name. God continues to whisper our name through the work of the Spirit, through Scripture, and through the work of other people of faith. In our reading for today, we see Adam and Eve playing a kind of hide-and-seek game with God in the garden. Feeling shame and vulnerability, they hid both from responsibility for their actions, but also from the very person of God. The subsequent themes of denial and blame echo throughout time all the way to our modern experience. Today, we are invited to change the rules of the game. What if it was never really meant to be a game of hide-and-seek at all? Today, we are invited to stop hiding, to stand still, and to allow God to find us. Let's pray. O God, you have known us from our mother's womb. You call us to follow you through all our days and seek us even when we wander. Clothe us with your love so that we may grow in grace and find favor in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.